podcast. My name is Thomas J. Sutvet. And I'm your co-host, Vicky Sutvet. Which makes this Scaredy Cats. It Chapter 2, Part 2, Part 1. No, it's just Part 2. We did Part 1. But this is Part 1 of the episode. Oh. Fuck, right? Carry the three. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, last uh, episode we were watching It Chapter 2, but because that movie is so long, we decided to slice it up into two manageable pieces. So if you haven't what or listen to that episode yet then i suggest you go do so or else i don't know you'll be kind of confused we did also do an episode on it part one so you can listen to that too you can get three episodes it for a two one. movie deal it chapter one oh, i guess they use chapters not parts yeah i don't know it's confusing there's a lot of numbers being thrown around this morning and i'm a historian not a math yes mathematician <laughs> that's the word you're not math i mean i'm not math either. i would agree that you are not math Except you are made of math, because everything's made out of math. I'm, math. I'm biology. Yeah, but everything is math when you get down to it. All things. Anyways. <laughs> Moving on from Vicky's worst subject in school. So, normally this would be the part of the episode where I would give you some fun factoids about the movie, but I already did that last episode, so go re-listen to that if you want to hear it again. But otherwise, uh, Vicky, do you have anything else? No, I mean, we gotta watch the last half of this movie and tell you all about it. Alright, let's get to the synopsis! Away! Hi-ho, Silver! Away! And we're back after that very short introduction uh, to break the synopsis, or the rest of the synopsis, of it, Chapter 2 for you. So when last we left off... Bill had recently purchased his old bike from Stephen King. For $300. For $300, because he's an author and can afford it. And then it turned out that bike wasn't even his MacGuffin. But we'll get to that. Yes. And so we open back up with uh, Bill on the bike that he has just purchased, failing to ride it properly in the street, as it is kind of old and, like, the handlebars are loose. And it's, it, it's, it's comedic. Can we all have a chuckle? Yeah, and... Uh... From that point, he does get the bike under control. He's, he gets it sorted, and he's riding past his old house, and we get a flashback of Georgie leaving the house. Yeah, just before that, we do get a flashback of him as a kid riding on his bike and Beverly riding on the back of his oh, right. seat, uh, hugging him. There's so many flashbacks. I know, I know. Then we get a flashback of, <laughs> out front, oh God, you're right, there is, uh, out front of the Bill's house, and he sees himself as a kid looking down through the rain at Georgie as he leaves. Yes, and young Bill, then sometime later, arrives at the sewer uh, and, and yells into the sewer asking why Pennywise took Georgie. Why Georgie? And as he's walking away from the sewer, uh, Pennywise's voice comes out that it's because Bill wasn't there. And this will be the dominant theme for Bill for the remainder of the film. You weren't there, Billy. Um, so then we go to, we transition to adult Bill, uh, who, as he walks away from the sewer, because he's looking down into it, uh, he hears Georgie's voice inside there, telling him that he's still down there. And Bill's like, hmm. Because apparently he forgot that he killed his brother in the last movie. and Well, that Pennywise his... killed his well, brother. Yeah, well, but like with the cattle gun, he shot the, the oh, mimic yes. Penny, Pennywise pretending to be the brother kind of thing. And yes. he's like, George, George. And he uh, stoops down to see what's inside. Yes. There's like sort of vaguely a shadow Georgie holding his boat. 
And he's like, Bill, help me, Billy. Help mm-hmm. me. And Bill is like, heck yeah, little buddy, and sticks his arm and like half of his upper torso down the sewer to, to get Georgie. So yeah, Bill's reaching down there for Georgie, who's kind of holding out the boat. And... Which is really his MacGuffin. Yes. It won't matter until the end of the movie. No. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, grab my hand, George. Why aren't you grabbing my hand? And George goes, he's coming. And then a dead hand shoots out of the darkness, grabbing onto Bill's uh, arm. And then a whole bunch of dead arms, like dead little baby arms, start reaching up his arm. Yeah, it's, it's a gnarly amount of arms. Uh, and they're trying to pull him into the sewer. And they get like kind of up to his face when he manages to yank himself out of the sewer, holding Georgie's boat. And he's crying and like screams into the sewer, I hate you! And this like five-year-old shows up and is like, who are you talking to? Yeah, the the boy from the Chinese restaurant, the little the little kid, uh, is standing there. And this is also the kid that now lives in Bill's old house. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so he's like, hey, what you yelling at the sewer for? And Bill jumps up and is like, oh, get away from there, get away from there. Listen, if you ever hear voices coming from the sewer, ignore them, don't, don't listen to them, don't go anywhere near there. Yeah, and the kid is like, no, no, I don't hear voices from the sewer. I only hear them in the tub. And Bill is like, what? And he's what, like, what? He's like, yeah, in the, in the drain, you know. Like, like children's voices and then kind of a clown? <laughs> you know, as you do normally when you are normally having a bath. Yeah, and Bill, like, grabs him by the lapels and is like, you need to leave Derry, five-year-old child. Lie <laughs> to your parents and force them to leave Derry, yeah, five-year-old he, child. Yeah, he's like, I don't care what you have to tell them. Yeah. Just get out of here. And the kid's like, I have to go He's to like, the fair? I'm actually late to the festival. No, it's the fair specifically, because it's the fair at the beginning of the film, yeah, too, yeah. that they kill the, yeah. the gay guy at. But he's like, yeah, weird adult, bye, and leaves. So we see a turtle, which means nothing in the film version, because they don't explain the turtle in the film version, only in the book, and then we pan from the turtle to Ben, who's gone back to his old school. Yeah, so adult Ben is on a quest for his MacGuffin. Um, and immediately we were taken to another flashback of him when he was younger sitting in class. I guess it's like an AV club maybe because it's because yeah. it takes place during summer vacation as you pointed out. So I'm thinking maybe he was like a part of a club that met during summer vacation still uh, because it's a so he's in a classroom and they clearly have just finished watching a film that was up on the projector and all of the like five other students that are in the room with him as they pass by him like swat him on the back of the head and are like fat ass fat ass dumbass yeah and he like uh, he wakes up and uh, he's all by himself now in the classroom the classroom is very very dark except for the projector screen and instead of leaving for some reason he puts his Walkman on and just starts like vibing at the desk to his music his cassette tape we're not even at Walkmans yet oh right right we're at cassettes yeah and uh, a shape rises up behind him and we're all like oh no that's the shape of a certain spooky clown and then it's not it's, it's Beverly and Beverly is like yeah okay new kid and I was so confused for a sec because I was like they're talking in school, but they met the last day of school, and then Beverly left before the next year? What? Which is why I think it has to be, like, an extracurricular, like, AV club that still meets up. Yeah, it's it's either that, or Ben is just so desperately in love with Beverly, he's not willing to question why she has come back from, like, her aunt's house. Well, and... I'm not saying Beverly's a part of the AV club, like, maybe... No, I mean, like, yeah, if yeah. he was, like, at school in the new year, like, instead mm. of in the summer... Then maybe he was just so stoked to see Beverly. Well, he doesn't question. Pennywise it. is gone by then. I guess. So it's got to be during the summer. chronologically is very confusing. It's got to be during the summer during an AV club, and he shows up to the AV club, watches the movie, and then when Beverly shows up, he's like, "Oh, what are you doing here?" And she's like, "I just came to visit you," kind of thing. Yes. Is what it has to be. Not, okay. Nothing else works. <laughs> okay. 
So that problem solved. Beverly's like, we'll be friends forever. And Ben is like, hot diggity, does that mean we can smooch? And Beverly is like, no, fat ass. And then it's because it's not Beverly. Yeah, so she starts insulting him and what, how could I ever want somebody like you, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, this, while she's doing this, she's been smoking. And uh, when Ben turns back to her, sh- her head's on fire and her like flesh is melting away. And it's Pennywise's voice. It's definitely Pennywise. And Ben is like, oh shit. Get the fuck out of there! And so, yeah, he is chased by the flaming-headed Beverly, I guess, who's doing this weird, like, hobble walk after him down the hallway. And he ends up running to the front door, finding that it's chained up, locked. Turning around, he sees his locker and is like, oh, okay. Yeah, and Hiding so place. he opens his locker, climbs inside, and then takes out his uh, yearbook notice that she signed in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And is, like, holding it and is like, Beverly is nice. Beverly would never call me a fat ass. Beverly is my friend. She would never call me a fat ass. Mm-hmm. And and he's reassuring himself, but then suddenly Pennywise is inside the locker with him. So you have to have those reassurances later, Ben. Yeah. He's like, kiss me, fat boy. And uh, Ben manages to nope out of the locker uh, away from him and turns back. And Pennywise, like, crack, or crawls out of the uh, locker and starts stalking after him down the hallway slowly. Uh, insulting him. Yeah, and and he says that Ben has no friends. And Ben starts listing his friends, which is, of course, everybody else in the movie. Uh And uh, finally manages to, like, get off his butt that he's fallen on and and run. And he runs straight into the custodian, who's like, the fuck's wrong with you, kid? And turning back, there is nothing but an empty dark hall. Yes. Adult Ben gets nothing from school and leaves. Yeah. So, okay. Well, like... (laughs) We, or at least we don't see him grab the yearbook slip. Because I guess it's he in his... He keeps it in his wallet. It's in his wallet There's literally already. no reason for him to go to the school. He he has yeah, this flashback, he... shudders to himself, and leaves. And that is the whole scene. Yeah, it is why... irrelevant to the rest why of the film. Why did he go back to school? Don't know. Why, no didn't, idea. Why didn't he go help someone else with their MacGuffin quest? I don't know. But he does go back to the hotel where Beverly is sitting on the stairs and is like, Hey, Beverly, Fuck, sup? Fucking Ben. <laughs> uh, and Beverly is like, Man, I'm having a rough time. And and Ben is like, yeah, but, you know, we can remember the good parts of of our rough time. Mm-hmm. And Beverly's like, yeah, there's there's some good bits. And she starts to recall the poem that she got written. Well, she, she got it from the old lady's house by now. So she takes right. it out, actually, and unfolds it. Right, and she's like, uh, this is something that, like, is a good memory, but it's only just starting to come back to me, and I can I, I know the poem, I recognize it, and I think it was written by Bill. Yeah, and this whole <laughs> scene is actually really funny because the more she's talking about, like, she remembers this feeling and like she thinks maybe there was a kiss or like maybe she wanted to and Ben is just you can see the light yeah. entering his eyes then she's like I think it was Bill and Ben is like oh. you can see like 21 years of pining 27 27 years of pining slowly coming to a big crescendo only to be like wah wah <laughs> no time to dwell on that though because Richie arrives and is like hello I've arrived I'm leaving goodbye and they're yeah. like what yeah Richie is uh He's done with this place. He's like, I, I'm going to take my chances on my own. Fuck this. Because as we recall in the last part, he had been chased through the woods by a giant Paul Bunyan statue as a child, we saw. And then through as the a, park. Like right. the main town square main, yeah. park. And then uh, as an adult, Pennywise like jumped out at him. And <laughs> dirty little secret. It's, it's much less scary, realistically. In the, oh no, I nearly got like murdered by this Pennywise. And this like 
I don't know, some townsfolk sang at me. It was a little weird. <laughs> it was it was eerie. It I guess, was okay, that's un- fair. Uncanny. I will accept eerie. eerie. Uh, meanwhile, Eddie, I hate that they're all so separate for this part. Eddie goes to the pharmacy, and the pharmacist takes a million years to find his prescription for his inhaler, which ends up not really being his inhaler, but his MacGuffin? I yeah. don't know. And the pharmacist, like, grabs him on his cheek and is like, oh, it could just, be cancer. Just before that, she's like, How's your mom? Oh, your mom died? That's unfortunate. Let me check this mole out. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it could be cancer. could be not cancer. And he's, yeah, it's gross. And then he heads to the back room. First, a flashback to young Eddie being told by the pharmacist's daughter that he has a tumor on his dick. And he's like, no, I don't. Shut up. And then he leaves. And uh, no, he doesn't leave because he hears his mom in the storeroom basement as yeah. young Eddie. He starts... There's too many flashbacks in this fucking film. He starts to leave and hears his mom's voice calling to him from an open door. And through the open door, he finds some stairs leading to the pharmacy's basement. Heading down into the gloom, he finds it sort of awash with like an infectious hospital ward kind of stuff. There's like catheter bags filled with gunk. And syringes, syringes, weird and... jars of strange-looking medical shit that we never see very clearly, presumably because they don't know what would be in those specimen jars. But grotesque jars is what we see. Grotesque and jars, I at like the, that. At the end of the room, there is a curtain, and behind that is a shape that is calling out to him, and it's in his mom's voice that he needs to help her and set her free. Yes, um... And he gets kind of all tangled up in, like, the IV lines and, and shit, and then gets himself free and opens the curtain, and it is his mom. It's not really his mom, it's Pennywise. But it's his mom, and she's belted to a chair, and she's like, Quick, Eddie, you gotta release me. He's gonna come get me. And He's we're like, gonna what? come infect me, and we're all like, what the heck? And so he starts to try and struggle at these straps to let his mom go. While he has she's... a broken arm at this point. This is after the broken arm, which is why he can't He can't do get him it. apart, yeah. And so he's struggling to get it undone, and a shape in the darkness begins to rise up, and it's rattling against chains that it's, like, it's all chained up to the wall. But it's, it's under a sheet. It's literally a dude under a sheet making spooky it's, noises. Yeah, it's a dude under a sheet. He's trying to, like, struggle towards them as she's screaming for help, and eventually he breaks out of the chains on the sheet, and we see it is the leper. From movie one! From movie one! And the, the leper attacks his mom and, like, sticks an awful, horrible long tongue into his mom's face, like, into her mouth. And young Eddie is like, I'm sorry, mummy, I can't, and runs away. He flees. And yeah. adult Eddie is like, there's nothing there, and opens the curtain, and there is indeed nothing. Yeah, we see, yeah, we see, like, adult Eddie downstairs, and he opens up the curtain, and the room is a lot more normal as yeah, well. Yeah, there's no weird medical shit. No, and yeah, there's, and there's absolutely nothing there, and he's like, it's fine. Except it's not, because the leper, i.e. Pennywise, shows up and is trying to stick his gross tongue into Eddie's mouth. But Eddie takes it. Really well, actually. Yeah, Eddie begins to sort of fight back, and he gets his hands around the leper's neck and pulls him off of him and slams him into the wall and, like, chokes it to death. And starts screaming at him, like, fuck you, you're nothing, like, da-da-da-da. Yeah. And then the leper throws goop all over him, like, throws up goop all over him to the absolute weirdest musical choice I may have seen so far this year. It's, I mean... I can't even describe it. Do you want to take a crack? I don't remember the name of the song, so no. Okay, it's it's like an upbeat, Instantly like... recognizable. Yeah, yeah, it's very weird. And Eddie is like, that's wild, and leaves in a panic. And as he's leaving, he's like yanking on the door, and the pharmacist's daughter, now grown up, still working in the pharmacy, is like... Who looks exactly like a, just an aged-up version of what she, her actress looked like as a young kid. It's kind of perfect. Yeah, and she's like, it's a push door, not pull, you moron. He's like, oh, thanks, and like... 
please. And he and Bill get to the and hotel she, like, at the same time. And then she like pops her bubblegum in the exact same way that she did, and that's so good. Yes. Yeah, so back to hug time, or back to the hotel. <laughs> hug time. Beverly sees Bill and is like, "Hug time, Bill. Hold me." Mm-hmm. And we flash back because we flash back every three minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To them kissing as children. As as yeah, when they when they were younger, presumably. I don't know, sometime during the summer. No, we see it at the end of the first movie. It's after they've made the blood oath, right, and Bill right. is like, I can't believe you're really leaving, and she gives him a smooch. Right, right. And we pull out of that to see that they're kissing as adults, and I'm like, Bill, my man, you're married, my man. You have a wife. <laughs> and um, they pull back, and they both have this expression of like, they're not sure what they were expecting, but that was wildly below whatever expectations they had, that, that smooch. Yeah, either way, it's weird. In the miniseries, it's way weirder because it's when they first meet and they just walk up and like casually kiss on the mouth. And you're like... Ah, oh, yes, that too is how I greet people I haven't seen in <laughs> 27 like, years. And you're like, what? <laughs> Bill? What? Be- what? <laughs> They're distracted from talking about this unsatisfying smooch by a skateboard very slowly heading down the stairs. Uh-huh. Oh, and at this point, I think somewhere in there, um, Ben comes down the stairs before then, I think, after that. And he's like, I managed to convince Richie to stay. And then we cut immediately to Richie leaving out the back of the hotel with all of his luggage. Being like, th- being like fuck this, I'm leaving. I think that happens... Like, two minutes from now, because I think first Bill takes a hat stand and whacks the skateboard a couple times. Well, but then he runs off, and it's before he runs off. I don't know. There's a lot happening in this film. All of this happens in the same three-minute period. That's all you need to know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Richie leaves, Ben comes down, skateboard, bonk, bonk, down the stairs, and they're like, what the heck's going on? And Bill's like, I don't know, it's dairy. I'm starting to get used to this. I'm just going to whack it with a hat stand. And we're like, good job, Bill. And he flips the skateboard over. And on the bottom of the skateboard is a, is a note about the kid he tried to warn uh, about hearing voices in the sewers. Yeah, and Bill it, is like, I gotta go. Yeah, the uh, the skateboard says, won't be here for him either. Yes. So, Bill is off. We'll catch oh, up that, with Bill in a minute. That is when Ben comes down, according to my notes. Sorry, I jumped the gun on that. So, Bill, Bill turns around and is like, I gotta go, and runs down, and Ben comes down. He's like, I convinced Richie to stay. And then we see Richie leaving out the back door. And then we cut to Eddie, who's cleaning himself up in his uh, hotel room. Yeah, he's in, in the hotel room, in the washroom, cleaning, washing his face, and he closes the mirror, and we see Eddie Bowers standing Henry behind Bowers. him. Henry Bowers. He is Eddie. Henry Bowser, right. And Henry Bowers Dang. stabs him in the cheek. Yeah. Pretty gnarly, actually. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and starts talking about how, like, he's, he was, it's his time, and he's, he's, he knows it's his time, and he's here to kill him now. He knows it's his time because, uh... He, by which we presume means Pennywise, told told Henry that it was Eddie's time. Mm-hmm. And Eddie kind of like slowly backs up with the knife in his cheek into the bathtub and closes the curtains. And Henry Bowers comes up to him and then he stabs the knife through the curtain and gets him in the gut. And then starts to inch slowly and awkwardly out of the room and is like, shave your mullet. It's been 27 years, man. Yes. And for me, for a second, I was like... This would never work out that way. And then I remembered that Henry Barris has been institutionalized for 27 years and is, like, legitimately insane. And I was like, okay, frankly, slowly edging out of the room is a valid tactic. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, at this point, everybody has heard the commotion and goes to check. Mm-hmm. And Ben leans out the broken window to see Henry in the parking lot taking the knife out of his torso and yelling at him and leaving. Yeah. I th- 
I think before then or after then, I don't know. You're right. There's a lot and everybody's separating and then rejoining and separating again. It's a hard um, movie to follow. Yeah. Or Not at least, like plot wise, just like who is doing what at what moment. To summarize out loud, uh, Bill is at the fair now and he uh, drops his bike at the front of it and running past a couple of rides, he spots the boy who lives in his old house uh, walking into a fun house. And he's like, no, wait, stop! And chases him into this giant clown mouth of the fun house. Specifically, it's the fun house that I pointed out in part one of chapter two uh, has Pennywise's face for a for a door, and the mouth is like the hole. And then we get a classic, like, hall of mirrors scene of, like, like, trying I... to get through the, the hall of mm. mirrors, but you can't see where you're going. And, like, before then, there's, like, some clowns on a pendulum swinging back and forth that walk into him. Yeah. And, uh... Bill does see, like, glimpses of this kid, and we also see, like, shadowy Pennywise sometimes in, like, distant sections Stalking of the Hall of Mirrors. Uh, eventually, B Bill manages to squeeze his way to where the boy is just on the other side of where he is, clearly. Yes. Um, and he's like, don't worry, I'm here to help. And the little kid is like, what are you doing? Stop following me, you weird adult. Yes. At which point Pennywise appears for real on the other, other side of the glass. So, like, the kid is in essentially a little room of mirrors, and there's Bill on one side of the room and Pennywise on the other. Yeah, and it, he doesn't actually appear. We just hear, like, a licking sound, and the camera slowly pans down, and we see Pennywise, like, down low with this big, almost cartoonish tongue slathered on the uh, side of it. And he licks it, licks up and uh, begins to bang, bang his head up against the glass. Yes, and on the other side, there's Bill, who's desperately trying to kick through the glass on his side. So it's kind of a, a race. But unlike Pennywise, Bill is not doing anything to the glass. No, no. Bill's kicking at it and screaming, take me too, I'm right here, just take... Or just, instead, Yeah, take me, take me instead, I'm right here, I'm right here, take me instead. But Pennywise slowly begins to smash the glass on his side by headbutting it. And then he does one final... Uh, head back and comes through just a torrent of teeth and bites the kid in half. Yes, and there's nothing left there for Bill except for horror because both Pennywise and the child vanish. Mm -hmm. We now cut to Richie, who is debating going back. He's like, I gotta go back. No, I don't want to go back. I gotta go back. No, I don't want to go back. But then he passes the synagogue Stanley had his bar mitzvah at, and we have to have a flashback of Stanley. To Stan yeah, at Stanley's bar mitzvah, where Richie was in attendance at the back of the kind of synagogue. We get a nice voiceover by young Stan about growing up and changing, and how and, and he is always going to be a loser. Yeah, and this is interspliced over, like, shots of the assorted losers at this point doing stuff is like... But, like, none of what they're doing is is relevant no, to No, just, like, shots of the gang. Yeah, and then it's really great at the end because Stanley is, like, edging away from his dad, who's the rabbi, and he's like, I'm always going to be a loser, so fucking there! And, like, Richie stands up to clap, and his mom is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we go now to Mike at the library. Yeah, who is uh, in the process of, I don't know, being in the library. Don't... He lives in the library. Yeah. He yeah. lives in an apartment above it. He's in the process of dwelling in his place of residence when he walks away from a bookshelf and a book falls off with a big clump onto the floor. He heads up and opens it, and it's like a history of dairy, and the page that it opens to is the article on his parents uh, burning to death. Yes, but the headline on this article is like, crackheads killed in fires. It's, it's like a really unflattering title mm -hmm. that you would never have on a newspaper article, mm -hmm. and... So we see later that um, that's not at all actually what that headline says. It's just like two people killed in electrical fire. But 
this is a Pennywise orchestrated incident, so obviously the book is going to be as insulting as possible about mm-hmm. Mike's parents. Um, and Mike is like, fuck that, and closes the book in time to see Henry Bowers trying to stab him. Charging at him with his knife. Mike and Henry Bowers are kind of struggling around the library. Uh, Henry trying to stab uh, Mike. Mike trying not to be stabbed. It's very reminiscent of Saving Private Ryan, the like fighting over the knife scene. Nah, the Saving Private Ryan scene is it's, way more it's tense. It's vastly more tense. <laughs> I just mean, like, Henry is on top of him, like, trying to force the knife down, and Mike is, like, holding Henry's hands back. Like, no. Yeah, so he's trying not to be stabbed, uh, doing his best, but Henry's on top of him and is about to overpower him, and Henry's uh, saying a bunch of nasty stuff about his parents cooking, like, fried chicken. Yeah. And then suddenly he, he gets stabbed in the back of the head by Richie, who has come back clutch to help, and is like... Well, that was long overdue, right? Get it? Because we're in a library? Because he just killed a man. Yes. And this is one of the scenes I was like, okay. Because, like, they make all this big deal of, like, Henry Bowers getting out of, you know, getting out of his mental institution. And then he's in, like, literally three minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. It's like, okay, bye. Yeah. Uh, Beverly, Ben, and Eddie show up at this point late to the party and are like, okay, we're all here. Wait, where's Bill? And it's... I think that Mike calls. It doesn't matter. One of them calls Bill's cell phone because this takes place in an age where those exist. The modern times. Yes. Um, and Bill picks up and is like, I couldn't save him. I went after this kid. It didn't work out so great. I can't deal with this anymore. I'm headed down to the sewer by myself right now to kill this thing. I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah, well, he just says he's going to go fight it. And the gang is like, bad move. Better go confront him. Wait, we don't know where he is. Wait, there's only one place he could possibly go. Yeah, they're like, where would you go? And so they all end up, or rather, we see Bill now walking up to the old house on Niebold Street that is in a much, much more decrepit state than it was. But also it's dark, so we don't really get to see how decrepit. It's just kind of dilapidated. Mm-hmm. And while he walks up to the door and starts to head in, the other losers show up on the front lawn and are like, hey, we're here to join your quest. We're not asking. And Bill is like, no, it's all my fault. I have to go myself. And they're like, fuck that. We're a team. And yeah. Bill is like, okay. They're like, losers stick together. And then they recall in the immortal words of Richie, last time they entered the house when they were kids, uh, let's kill this fucking clown. So they head into the house, determined to do exactly that. But there's weird black goo dripping down the stairs. And pretty quickly, each of them end up getting separated. Or rather, they get separated into two groups. Two groups, yeah. And their flashlights are all green for some reason. Like, like that could have just been the, what we were, the version we were it, watching. It's true. It could have been the version we were watching. But, like, it was weird because there was lots of instances of blue light. It was just, for yeah. some reason, it was green. I don't know. It stood out to me as a weird color. Um, so Bill, Richie, and Eddie are on, like, one side of the door. And they're in the room from the first movie with the fridge. And Beverly, Ben, and Mike are on the other side of the door in some random room that we haven't encountered yet. And Ben starts having words carved into his stomach. Yeah, a big H to start in the same way that Henry carved an H into his stomach when he was a kid. In fact, we get a flashback just in case we forgot that Henry started to do Uh, that. Let's bear in mind these movies came out a few years apart. I know, (laughs) I just... I'll talk about it in in my critiques when we get to the ratings part. For sure, for sure. Uh, And so he's he's kind of in a bad way, falling on the ground uh, in pain. And we, Beverly kind of looks up and sees that it is Pennywise in, like, the mirror over top of him with a knife cutting that into him. On the other side of the door, 
Uh, the fridge swings open to reveal a crumpled up, bo- the crumpled up body of a young Stanley Uris. Who's like very obviously dead, like and super gray, very bloody. Black. Yeah, and yeah. his uh, his head rolls out of the fridge and is like, this is all your fault, Bill. Because everything is Bill's fault yeah. in this movie. And uh, he's like, what's happening to me, Richie? Like, what's going on? And slowly his skin begins to bubble and big spider legs start to... With tiny hands at the end of them. Tiny little hands on the end of them uh, sprout out from the sides of his head. A few tinier ones spread out from, like... His, his eyes. His eye holes. Yeah. <laughs> That's good shit. It's and for then... sure the, the, cr- the head crab from the thing. Yeah, and to drive that reference home, Richie goes, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I mean, if you're going to do a head crab, you do have to reference the OG head crab. Yeah. yeah. Uh, head crab, Stanley, attacks Richie, and Bill is trying to pull it off and is, like, yelling for Eddie to get the knife, but Eddie is frozen. Yeah, totally uh, frozen in the corner, not acting. And suddenly, Ben... Oh, then we flash back to Ben Bever- and Beverly and, and Mike. Mike. I know, he doesn't do much during this time. Uh, ben and Beverly and Mike... And they are in the hallway together, and Beverly has noticed that Pennywise is in the mirror, and so she takes the... Oh, and she has, like, the iron fence, fence rod yeah. that, that they used when they were a little... When they were kids to fight it. And she runs up and smashes the mirror with it, and immediately Ben's body, or his stomach, heals. Uh, but just before it heals, we see that it was carving into his uh, stomach home at last. Yes, and... They manage to arrive just in time for Ben to stab the shit out of the head crab before it can do anything severe to Richie. Mm-hmm. And Bill starts yelling at Eddie. Yeah, starts reaming him out like, what were you doing? He could have died. And then Eddie's like, please don't be mad, Bill. Yeah, in like the saddest voice ever. And I empathize with Eddie here because I know it's like fight or flight. Do you Do you fight or do you run away? There should be a third one. It should be fight, flight, or freeze. Because I do the same thing when I'm afraid. I I lock up. I don't run away and I don't try to fight. I just hope nothing notices That's me. That's so bad. Such a bad strategy. You know what? <laughs> I would have survived the first Jurassic Park movie when they had wrong ideas about Tyrannosaurus <laughs> Wrong science. <laughs> Anyways, the gang descends to the basement. And from the basement, they descend to the sewers. And from the sewers, they reach the cistern. Yeah, where Pennywise was in the first film, although there's no big pile of, like, toys and the uh, circus cart is gone and obviously no floating children either. Yes. Up there. It's all just kind of pretty barren, except for a sort of manhole covering in the middle of it that Mike leads them to, opening it up to reveal a deep, dark hole that just goes even deeper. It's the same hole that um, Pennywise, like, goes down at the end of the first. I don't think it is. Isn't it? No. I thought it was. Anyways, at this point, a weird, like golem looking thing appears to drag beverly underwater oh no 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 but before that though uh everybody's kind of descending down one by one and eddie is like nervous and is like i can't do this i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go down there and richie grabs onto him and is like you know who killed a murderous clown before he was even 14 and eddie's like me and who got stabbed in the face and then stabbed henry bowers in the stomach me and like, and who married a woman? Ten times your own body weight. Ten times your own body weight. Me. And he's like, there you go. Yes. And uh, clearly a good pep talk for Eddie, who is now feeling emboldened. And at this point, I think Beverly gives him the uh, the fence post, the iron. No, I th- I think you've skipped ahead because okay. the weird golem thing happens. It drags Beverly underwater, and everyone jumps in for her. I've got it in my notes that that's when Bev gives it 
gives him the bar. Yeah, but I th- that scene anything. happens after the Gollum thing. No. Yeah, it does. No. Yeah, it does. Because it's when they're going down the big hole. They haven't gone down the big hole yet. They're in the cistern when this happens. Oh, is it? Yeah, because they're in the cistern. The, it, I think the problem is the weird Gollum thing drags Beverly underwater. Everyone jumps in for her except Eddie, who's like, guys, guys. And then they get Beverly, and there's absolutely no consequences whatsoever. And then they're like, let's go down the spooky hole. And Eddie's like, no, I can't. Okay. I'm so sorry. This is a tough movie to break down. To be fair with that one, it's like a weird scare moment that has absolutely zero consequences, contributes to the tension not at all, and frankly doesn't make any sense for its existence. Um, But yeah, you're right though that Richie is like, Eddie, you gotta be brave, and then Beverly gives him the post. Yeah, and you're right. That was, I think that was before, or no, that was, so yeah, they go into the cistern through the water. That happens in the water. The old lady from the apartment grabs Bev, drags her down. Everybody jumps in but Eddie. And then they head up to the circle, and then that's when the pep talk happens, and Beverly gives him the iron fence post and says, here, this kills monsters. And If you believe it does. If you believe it does. And Eddie's like, okay. Yes. Um, so they all descend. Into an even spookier hole where the Sheesh. meteor crashed millions of years ago. Yeah, Mike says that this is where it hid. As they, It's like a sort of weird spiky nest thing in a giant cavern. Yeah, it's it's very like... If you've ever seen um, sand that's been hit by lightning, it's mm. it's very that aesthetic. The meteor crashed and the heat like crystallized the earth around it. So they move to the center of this crater and place the leather pyramid for the ritual of chewed on the bump in the middle of it. The and Native American artifact that Mike stole. That Mike that Mike stole. Yeah, he pours some like uh, gas into the pyramid and lights it up with a match, and everybody one by one throws in their tokens. Yeah, they're they're MacGuffins, mm. and. Ben is Beverly's signature, which he always kept in his wallet. And we're like, so what was the point of going to the school, Ben? Yeah, what were you doing, Ben? <laughs> and there's there's clearly a moment where Ben and Beverly are looking at each other and they're thinking about smooching, but we don't have time for that because now all of the MacGuffins are on fire and Mark is... Mark? Who's Mark? And Mike is explaining the next part of the ritual. Yeah, they've all got to join hands and start uh, talking about how the... Light becomes darkness. Turn light into dark. And also close your eyes. Don't look at the deadlights. Yeah, don't look to the deadlights. So as they begin to chant this, we see above the three ghostly white lights descending down a fleshy carabasse of teeth and gums and uh, descending into the leather pyramid. And Mike immediately jumps on top of it to try and cap it off. But there's like a red rubbery balloon sprouting out from it. And he can't quite get the lid on. Yes, and the balloon continues to grow and grow and grow and grow and it ends up filling the whole space and then explodes. And it's kind of like a flashbang. It's like a concussive blast that uh, discombobulates the losers and leaves them kind of in a brief state of disorientment. Yeah, we get we get the uh, the classic distant voices, everyone's kind of blurry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. vibe. Which honestly, I will say, I do appreciate that movies have started doing that because it immediately captures how all of the characters are feeling after that kind of sure, instance. Sure, sure. So anyway, recovering from the blast, they look back up towards the nest and see that Pennywise is inside, but he's huge. Uh, and Pennywise begins to chide Mike about how when he told the other losers about the ritual, he didn't mention what happened to the original natives who tried it. Yes, and we get a, a flashback no, to... Not really a flashback. Oh, I guess of Mike doing the thing. Yeah. We get that animated, the animated scene of the natives being killed by the leather pyramid after performing the ritual... And then a flashback to Mike. Yeah, it's all is, very weird. Who is like destroying that rune on the side of the pyramid to cover up 
that that happened to the natives. And yes. uh, he begins saying to the other losers, like, I just thought it was because they didn't believe. and like, Or because the, they were afraid, or, I think is what Or he because says. they were afraid, yeah. Which is, I guess, fair because... Pennywise they, feeds on fear. And they did establish at the end of the first movie that that's why they were able to beat him, because they stopped being afraid. Yeah. So... Um, Pennywise now comes out from within the cavern and he's like a giant clown spider. Yeah. Uh, and, and Mike is trying to stand up to him and, uh, Eddie manages to yank him out of the way just before Pennywise impales him. I don't think Mike's standing, no, I don't think Mike is standing up to him. It's more like Mike is like, I'm so sorry guys. Like he's just kind of going to let himself be killed. Oh, okay. Uh, as Pennywise goes to stab him and I believe it's Ben. No, it's it's Eddie. It is it, it is, is Eddie. Eddie. Okay. Um, I I interpreted that as Eddie's like redemption. There we go. That took a long time. <laughs> wow. Um, of from like freezing upstairs, right? So he's launches. He's the only one who launches into action this time. Uh, anyways, the gang gets split up in different hallucinations at this point. Well, first they're run around in a big circle kind of oh, around right. the cave uh, with Pennywise stomping after them. Uh, Bill ends up getting separated from the group first, being trapped underwater, and he escapes out of a hole in the roof which leads to the flooded child, his flooded childhood home's basement. Yes, uh, and we will check in with Bill shortly because we see Richie and Eddie have ended up at the doors from the first movie in the house that are... Uh, not scary at all, scary and very scary. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also see at this point that Mike and Beverly are separated. Uh, ben and Beverly. Ben and Beverly. We don't actually know, Mike doesn't get a scene in this part. I don't know what happens to Mike here. Oh yeah. Literally nothing, we don't know. What is going on with Mike? I don't know. Beverly uh, is hallucinating that she's in the old bathroom at school, where in the first movie the girls dumped like the... Garbage well, on I don't her. know called hallucination. She's covered in that actual blood. Well, I mean, yeah, but they're not... Reality-bending powers. Sure. Mm. Uh, ben is in the old clubhouse. Mm-hmm. So... We start with Eddie and Richie, with the doors, and they're debating whether which door they should open, and they're like, no, he's, he's fucking with us. Let's open the very scary door. It'll be fine. Yes, and from out of the very scary door, which looks like a closet, uh, there's like a tap dancing kind of sound, and it's some severed legs dancing Specific, up to them. Specifically the the, uh, the legs from the half a child that Betty Pennywise... Betty Ripsom. It's the other half. Who? Betty Ripsom. That's the girl who is the oh. corpse in the... I definitely thought it was like the, the bottom half of the kid No, that she's Pennywise like an established kid that is missing in like... In the first movie, yeah. Yes. But, That's her bottom half, I think. Because in, uh, the in the first movie, they find her top half. Right. See, I thought this one was the kid that Pennywise bit in half in the Hall of Mirrors, but... I don't know. It's legs. Child legs. Uh -huh. And they're like, let's shut that and open the not-scary-at-all door, which has a Pomeranian. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh... Well, that's obviously a monster, and they have this humorous kind of scene of a, arguing whether or not it's a monster or not. And they tell it to sit, and the little Pomeranian does, and then it explodes into a monster. And... Uh, it's weird, though, because they're like, oh, the dog sat. Must not be Pennywise. And I'm like, what kind of logic is this? Yeah, so it turns into a giant, like, monster dog thing and chases them away. Yes, and we then go to Bill, who's in his old basement watching... His younger self come down the stairs to see dead Georgie. Dead Georgie standing in the corner on his other side. Uh, he screams, the dead Georgie screams, that Bill sh Bill lied about being sick that morning. And Bell and, and begins like chiding him for it. And I think that this has been established a few times that it's been hinted at that Bill maybe wasn't actually sick and just didn't want to play outside that day. Yeah, but it's this is the first time it's like laid 
out and Bill is like, yes, I did. I didn't want to go outside that day. Um, and Georgie, Pennywise, starts screaming, you lied and I died. You lied and I died. And then horrible tentacles start coming out of his face and adult Bill is like, nope, and drowns him. Yeah, grabs Georgie, drowns him in the water. In the fastest drowning ever. He holds him down there for like 10 seconds. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then we moved Beverly, who is trapped in the school washroom stall while Ben is trapped in the clubhouse. Uh, the clubhouse begins to slowly collapse in upon itself, the ground rising up to swallow Ben up, and giant heads begin to bang up against the door of the stall, and it's like her dad and Pennywise and the bullies from school. And once, here's Johnny from The Shining. <laughs> yep. Which and... was another classic reference classic reference and blood begins to kind of pour in from underneath the stall and uh begins to fill up the entire kind of chamber that she's in yeah it's a it's a metric fuck ton of dirt and we go to well blood of blood yes we go to ben who's sinking also in a metric fuck ton of dirt of really dirt. dirt though and pennywise starts to taunt him about like Oh, you know, she would never love you and once a fat ass always a fat ass and then closes the lid of the clubhouse. The, like, clubhouse door. Yeah. Yes. Trapping him in the dark. And Ben begins to call out to Beverly, reciting his poem that he wrote for her when they were kids. And he yells he loves her, which which is the first thing Beverly hears. Is she, like, distantly hears Ben yelling he loves her. Mm -hmm. And so she begins to, like, kick at her door um, and kicks it open to reveal that Ben is below her, sinking into the dirt. And she's hanging down from the stall, dripping with blood. Frankly, it is an incredibly cool shot, and it might be my single favorite shot from the whole movie. Just the way it plays with angles and lighting, it's really good. Uh, but she reaches down and grabs his hand that is reaching out for her, and she manages to pull him out, saving his life. Yes, and then she realizes he wrote the poem because he's been, he's been yelling it, and they almost smooch, but there's a spooky clown to go fight. Yeah, they're, uh, they're back in the... They're back in the cave. Yes. Not in this other uh, other reality. Bill, though, is still in his basement with young Bill, who puts an air gun to his head. Yeah, the cattle gun from the first one. Um, and younger Bill starts being like, you know, it's it's your fault. It's your fault that he died. It's our fault. Or it's our, our, yeah, our fault that uh, he died. And old Bill's like, no, it wasn't our fault. Like, just because we didn't want to play on a rainy day doesn't make it our doesn't fault. make it our fault which is like it's weird because it feels like this is the moment that he had at the end of the first movie recognizing it wasn't his fault yeah but like but i guess like for reals it's not his I, fault well, but time. like the first movie never implied that he wasn't actually sick that's fair that's, that's fair. a new okay amount of information that's so, fair yeah anyways young young bill pulls the trigger but nothing comes out of the air gun uh and so adult bill takes the air gun and shoots young Bill, who becomes Pennywise. Yeah, well, or becomes, like, monstrous and sprouts Pennywise's teeth, but then uh, tackles him into the ground, or into the water, and they're back in the caves now. Yes, and at this point, Pennywise grabs Mike with a tentacle. We don't Who's know what Mike's been, been doing. Who's just been standing there the whole time, I guess. Apparently, yeah. just like, this is chill, guys. Yeah. Guys, yeah. where you at? <laughs> yeah. So it picks him up in its tentacle, Pennywise does, and starts to try and eat him. When suddenly it is whacked on the back of the head by a rock thrown by Richie, who is standing up on a crevasse uh, shouting insults at the clown, who just completely fucks Richie up. His entire, his jaw goes slack, his eyes go wide and white as Pennywise shines the deadlights on him to shut him up. Yeah, full, full force deadlights. And at this point, Eddie is like clutching his uh, fence post 
and starts repeating to himself what Beverly told him, that this will kill monsters if you believe it will. Yeah, if you believe it does, it will kill monsters. And uh, as Richie gets kind of lifted into the air by the dead lights, um, Eddie charges and throws the spear through the air and uh, stabs Pennywise through the mouth, I guess? Yeah, right in, like, the back of the mouth. It's a very classic, like, the only weak spot is the mouth. and Mm -hmm. Very, very classic spear throw. And Pennywise kind of stumbles back a whole bunch and is, like, shrinking... Um, and Eddie runs over to Richie and is like, wake up, wake up, we did it, we did it. He's like, I did it, I think I killed him, I think I did it, and gets stabbed through the back. Yes, and Pennywise just, like, waves Eddie around on his tentacle and then yeets him down some stairs. Yeah, like, into a small cave. But, like, literally down some stairs. I don't know why there are stairs here. They're, yeah, natural carving a, a beautiful, like, two inch by two inch I don't think they stairs. are actual stairs. No, I think like it's stairs. a slip. Who knows? Um... Anyways, the team goes to Eddie, who's still alive, but clearly will not be for long. He's a real fucked up. And Eddie tells them at the library, uh, he, he taunted it. This is when it was the leper. He, he was taunting it, and, and it shrank. Hmm. He, he needs to feel small and weak. And all the while, while Eddie's doing this, Pennywise, who has fallen back and is impaled on the spikes around the crater, uh, begins to free himself and lift himself off of the spikes. Yes. So the team develop a plan to insult Pennywise, basically. Yeah. Uh, and head for the cavern. And just before they go, Eddie is like, Richie, I have to tell you something. And, and Richie's like, what? And Eddie's like, I fucked your mother. And then laughs. Yeah. And then we cut away from that moment. And then we cut away from that moment to the losers uh, coming up on Pennywise in his giant form. And they begin to insult him, saying he's only a clown, only a headless boy. He's only just a bully. A, only a leper, just a bully, all that kind of stuff. And um, it's super effective. Yeah, Pennywise <laughs> starts like shrinking and kind of like glitching out like he can't maintain a form. And he kind of retreats into the crater... And Richie, like, tears a whole arm off, and they start... It's quite funny, actually, because they start chanting, Clown! 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 While he, like, shrivels into a pile of clown goo, like a melted clown baby. He's like a tiny baby clown worm thing. (laughs) Anyway, uh, and is it Mike? Yeah, Mike. Mike. Mike reaches into his chest and pulls out his still-beating heart. Which beats faster and faster, because he's afraid. Because he's afraid, and the losers all together crush it in their hands. Yes, which kills Pennywise, but, like, for reals this time, we see the deadlights starting to dissolve kind of into blackness, and the body starts to, like, disintegrate. Mm -hmm. And everybody has a hug, and then they're like, oh shit, Eddie! And they run back and find that Eddie has expired, so that's R.I.P. Eddie. Uh, Richie is like, no, he's still okay, we gotta get him out of here. But the cavern is starting to collapse, and the losers are like, no, no, man, we need to we need to GTFO. Yeah, they, they physically have to pull Richie off of Eddie and, like, drag him to leave the disintegrating cavern. They get to the cistern, which is also collapsing, uh, and then they make it out on the street and watch the whole house kind of slowly oh, crush in on itself. It was the house on Evil Street. And, and nobody notices this. Nobody notices any of this noise. That we see anyway, because we immediately cut to the losers walking up to the old swimming hole, the quarry that they leapt into when they were kids, and they kick all their shoes off and one by one leap off the cliff into yes, the waters. The the quarry at this point has been like actually fenced off and someone and they're like, Absolutely no swimming. Yeah. It's probably because somebody jumped in and died or something. Yeah, but Beverly is like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. Gonna go over this fence. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of swimming around in the water, cleaning all the blood and gunk off of themselves. 
Uh, and Ben mentions that Eddie would have hated them swimming in this water because, and then Beverly's like, yeah, he would have said that we, he probably would have accused us or said that we would get some kind of disease. Strepococcal something is what she says. Strepococcal something. And and Richie starts to cry and we, and we group hugged out. We group yeah, hugged out. Yeah, give him a good, big group hug. And then he's like, I don't know where my glasses are. And so they all begin to uh, swim down under the water searching for the glasses and Ben and Beverly find it. And on their way back up, uh, Beverly pulls Ben in and they have a kiss underwater. Underwater probably, smooch. Probably be gross. I told you, yeah, probably would be. <laughs> I told you, though. I told you from the first moment they saw each other in the second film. Of course. They were gonna smooch. Well, of course. Uh, back in town, Beverly realizes that the scars on their hands have, have disappeared, which they take as, like, full confirmation. They've, they've done it. They've fulfilled They've achieved the, their dreams. They've fulfilled the pact. Um, they see themselves reflected in a store glass window, and they see that it's actually their younger selves. And now we transition to the younger kids uh, having some fun banter together. Yeah, Eddie's like, guys, my mom is going to be so worried. Like, how do I explain showing up like this? And they're like, Eddie, you've been gone for 24 hours. You are already on a milk carton. Like, <laughs> what, what you look like at this point is irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, and we slowly cut into the sky where some words are being typed out, and that transitions to Bill on his computer, and he's writing the first chapter of his next book. Maybe when... still married, maybe not. We don't know. His wife is never in the film again. No. Uh, and he gets a call from Mike. And Mike is like, sup? I'm leaving Derry. Don't want to live here no more. Yeah, and they speculate on why it is that they're not like forgetting uh this time and they think well maybe it's because pennywise is dead and that's the reason why they're not forgetting or maybe it's because they have stuff they actually want to remember this time yes. and then and then mike asks, asks bill if he's received letter yet and bill's like what letter i haven't received no letter and he's like you'll know it when you see it and he and bill is like oh do you mean this letter on my desk that i haven't opened yet yeah from, and mike is like yeah probably <laughs> from mrs uris stanley's wife yes so uh, Mike tells Bill to call him anytime. They tell each other that they love each other. And, Some uh, positive male affection. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I tell my friends I love them all the time. Yeah. Men should too. Yeah. Uh, Bill opens the letter and it's from Stanley. And as, as the letter is being read, we get kind of the end scenes of everybody. Um, so the, the letter is talking about how Stanley was too scared to go back and knew if he went back and wasn't committed, they would all die, because that was part of it. So he was kind of taking himself out of the equation to give them all a better chance. Yeah, he, he phrased it like, I was, I, so I took my piece off the board. Yeah, and while he's explaining all this in the letter, we see Richie return to the bridge, uh, where he, like, recarves his and Eddie's initials, because, of course, his big secret was that he was gay and, and apparently had a crush on Eddie. Yeah, he's in love with Eddie. Um, Ben and Beverly are on a boat with a dog. They got married. It's real cute. Mike is hopping in his car, ready to... Leave Derry forever? Yeah, get the fuck out of here. And... Uh, and we end on all of the losers as kids riding their bike, uh, and then Mike driving away. Yes, and, uh, the letter concludes, um, and they each kind of read, like, three words from the last couple sentences of the letter, but the letter concludes basically that... Uh, Stanley wants them all to live their lives to the fullest, to be brave and to be bold, um, and they are losers, and they always will be. And then yeah. the movie ends. Yeah, yeah, so nice and sweet. Yeah. Oh boy! So that's the end of it, chapter two. Golly, that last part was tough. Sorry that we stumbled around so much trying to recall events, but it is so rapid fire. 
Yeah, it's a lot of things happen, some of which are important and some of which have no bearing on the story, which makes it hard to remember when mm-hmm. they were. But you also want to, I also want to try and like cram as much characterization into there because yeah. they jump around so much and some people need to have their moments and I don't know, it's tough. Let's get into ratings. Yeah, now's the part of the episode where we're going to do that. So Vicky, scale of 1 to 10, how much did you enjoy this movie? I'm going to give this one like a 6, 6.5 maybe. I definitely didn't enjoy it as much as the first one. I think... I think the everybody separate, go do your MacGuffins separately was kind of unfortunate because I feel like the real strength of this, of the first movie and of the strengths of the second movie are when they're interacting. It's that group. And that's the whole point. They can't kill it as individuals, right? So I don't love that like half the movie is them doing their thing. Again, Ben, why did you go to the school? I, we didn't even get to see what Mike was doing, but you didn't even do anything at the school. Um, I, I also found the amount of flashbacks frustrating especially the number of flashbacks that were like look at this incredibly important thing that happened in the middle of the first movie but we just didn't tell you about it Mm -hmm. that being said there's some really great cinematography the acting is really good there's definitely some moments like that shot of beverly reaching out to ben from like the bloody really brightly lit bathroom to the like collapsing clubhouse dirt amazing shot absolutely loved it so like six and a half is kind of where i'm gonna I like the crafting of the movie, but I don't like how they chose to tell the story in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, how much I enjoyed it, I'm going to give it a five. Um, and yeah, it's because there is there's the, the cadaver of a really good movie mixed in there with a lot of really strange choices. I, I, I find the movie quite funny, which normally would be a positive, but in this... It shouldn't be a horror comedy unless it wants to be a horror comedy. Well, in this movie, it only serves to undercut all of the tension. Like, there's often a lot of scenes where you're barely spooked because it's just this big CGI monster, and then they cut to a joke immediately. So, like, any tension there may have been is immediately gone. So, but, like, all in all, it is well-made and stuff, but we'll get into that. So, but my enjoyment of it is a 5 out of 10. So now, honestly, I want to tell how well-made was it. Uh, I'm gonna give it an 8. Like, the acting was really good. The choices, like, cinematography choices, the colors, those were all great. Um, and one of the things I observed to you when we watched the movie, just to go back to the last point a little bit that you were making about, like, the jokes, was that in the first movie, most of the jokes come from Richie, because this is clearly how he deals with, with stress. It's why he becomes a comedian. But they kind of slapped that onto everybody in the film. They all have that joke personality, which I think made... It really underwhelming mm. um but yeah in terms of how well made it is i'm gonna i'm gonna give it an eight if we overlook some of the strange artistic choices like the music when the leper throws up on him and stuff like that the actual effort that's gone into the movie is clearly visible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'm apparently just going one lower than you all the time but i'm gonna go a seven uh, because again, there's a lot of really good shots. My personal favorite scene in the entire movie is when Bill and Pennywise are fighting to try and get through to the boy in the funhouse. Just because I really like the the whole scene, really all all parts of it. So yeah, there's a lot of really really good acting and good cinematography, as you mentioned, and like it's all good. It's just it's it's focused weirdly, and what they the direction that they went story-wise and what they chose to add and omit and stuff were all very odd to me. And so that drags it back a little bit for, like, competency on storytelling. But only to a 7. There's certainly been worse movies that we've reviewed. So uh, it's now on a scale of 1 to 10. How scary was it? Like a 2. I don't know. The the head crab, I was like, oh, gnarly. Um, And, like, the 
baby head bug eyeball tentacle situation at the beginning when they're in the Chinese restaurant was like, but I was vastly less scared of almost every encounter they had in this film than I was in the first film. Mm. Um, I think that might be a combination of like, they rely a lot more heavily on CGI. Um, The tone is undercut constantly. But yeah, I just, I, I didn't find the monster choices nearly as concerning mm-hmm. as I did in the first one. Mm-hmm. And even like the magic of Pennywise being able to instill fear by like with just a couple sentences, I don't think they really captured in this one either. It didn't have the same kind of bite in his remarks. Ooh, that's fair. That's totally fair. Um, I'm going to give it a two as well, actually, because I do think that there's some like, I feel like your average person is going to find this movie scarier than me. Because if, if you've never seen a horror movie in your life, this is probably going to be really terrifying because there's a lot of, like, jump scares and stuff. But, like, yeah, the whole C- over-reliance on, like, big CGI monster, like, that's the De- Beverly has, what Beverly has to deal with. That's what Pennywise is all at the very end. Um, Do you know what's funny? I think this might be the first modern horror film that we've actually ever agreed on a scary yeah. on a scary number. Yeah, could be. So yeah, it's it's not too scary for me at all, but uh, I will admit that there is stuff in there that could scare people. Yes. It's kind of what I'm saying. So this has been It, Chapter 2, Part 2. Oh boy, part has, two it ever, again. has it ever been? <laughs> um, join us next time when we go back to the cult musical classic, uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Woo, feed me Seymour. Getting a, getting a second musical into our podcast repertoire. Mm-hmm. Um, one with better songs yeah uh all the way through anyways until then if you want to get in touch with us you can reach us on twitter or instagram at scaredy podcasts uh you can also reach us at gmail at scaredy scaredy cats the podcast at gmail.com there we go until then i'm your co-host vicky sotvet and i'm thomas j sotvet thank you so much for listening be cool to each other